We are very excited about today's show, but before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. You know I love our Pageant Planet box. I love seeing our followers and our members get excited when they get it every month, but for the next few days, we are tacking on the title holder of the day feature with any of our new box subscribers between now and November 30th. Oh, snap. Okay, so if for those of the those of the listeners that aren't familiar, what is our title holder of the day um, and like kind of what's the value associated with that? Title holder of the day is thebomb.com because it allows you the ability to submit a video. So it can be a video of you talking plus a bunch of photos. It can be your glamorous headshot, you at your favorite appearance. And we package it all together and it goes out on our social media channels. And it goes on our pageant newsletter, all of those amazing things which give you extra visibility across the entire pageant industry. It shows the judges and your pageant director that you are a go-getter. It gets your face and your name out there. Um, so you can tell your sponsors that they got all this visibility through you, which makes you more valuable from that aspect. The list of benefits or title holder of the day, it goes on and on. So essentially you get a social media feature with your name, um, your little video, uh, you can send a message, you can talk about your platform, whatever is important to you to feature, we will feature for you. That's cool. And that's a neat way to for girls to market their title too. like, hey, I miss whatever. And this is why I compete. So oh, definitely. And I, I find in our title holder of the day, I learned so much about systems that I never heard of that are doing amazing things and are on the rise. So again, it's a great way to advertise not only you, but your system. And again, your director will be so excited and your potential future director, if you're going on to the next step of your pageant, it just gives you a really great competitive edge. Put it on your resume, for goodness sakes. I mean, like a half million people could see this title holder of the day. So it's a big deal. And you're over the shopping and like of like what goes in our box now. So you're over like the different items you are personally selecting it and i know we had a conversation because the last box that you sent over was so heavy oh. that the shipping <laughs> doubled because it had so much stuff in it so um you know it's it's certainly it, the box is more valuable now than it's ever been and with this particular promo that's it sounds like a really great promo and so what's the cost of the box so the box itself, the base package, the bare minimum is $29. And here's everything it includes. So it includes all of your box goodies to prepare for your pageant. It includes, this is where the real value is. It includes unlimited monthly written coaching. So you can send us messages as much as you want and we will reply. It can be paperwork reviews, wardrobe suggestions, headshot selections, anything you need coaching on, we have you covered. And in addition to that, we always have another coach feature that you can get a free session with them too. So the coaching itself is like a ridiculous value far and above the $29 a month plus the goodies, and in this case for this special, title holder of the day to jump the line is typically $50. So that is, I'm terrible at math, I'm thinking it's an $80, well, if you add the coaching so, in, yeah. then it's the, so it's like, so consider this month's box, if you sign up between now and November 30th, like $150 value. Title holder of the day, coaching goodies. Oh wow. my gosh. $159 value for 29 bucks. You got it. All right. And how can they find out about this? Uh, where can they go to purchase it? They can find out about it at pageantplanet.com backslash box. And you're welcome. Email, 
you sign up between now and November 30th, just reply, let us know when you want to be title holder of the day. We'll try to accommodate, but all the information will be right there. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to discuss eight tips for traveling internationally. So, Jesse, go ahead and set the stage for us. Stephen, when you travel to another country for your pageant, you never quite know how different the culture will be, nor be able to anticipate your lodging experience because hotels anywhere else in the world will vary for whatever your home country might be. And even if you are an experienced traveler in the U.S. or your home country, it still may not equate to being a pro traveler elsewhere. And these tips that we're going to talk about today will help set you on a path to success while you're packing and researching for your trip. And Stephen, I know you've done a ton of international travel. Can you think of like a time where you were traveling internationally that you were just shell-shocked by culture differences and you just weren't prepared for it? Yeah, for for me, it, it happened more at the airport, the time that I'm remembering, where their system just seemed so foreign to me, mm. because I was just so used to like, here's where I see outgoing flights. And to further like, increase the anxiety, there was um, time limitations on that connecting flight. And it was a bunch of cities and countries that just wasn't familiar for me. So mm-hmm. it started to go into that like panic mode of like, oh my God, I'm going, oh God, like what am I doing? Um, so yeah, I totally can remember like that happening. And I mean, you know, on the other side of it, I just said, okay, relax. This is common sense. Like just, <laughs> it cannot be that difficult, right? And then I just breathed and then I was able to figure it out. But that was like, it was a very real thing. I like, I felt panic was starting to creep in. Oh, for sure. It's something that like out of your comfort zone or out of your element and in the unfamiliar, it can totally throw you off your game, which is why when you're packing, that's the last thing we want you to be stressing about. We want you to know that you have everything you could possibly need so that all of your energy can be focused when the environment itself that you can't control might throw you for a loop. Yeah, completely. Because I mean, travel really is a big thing and and cultural. It is a very real thing. You can say certain things or do some of the things that is fine over here. You're in a different country. It could be just very offensive. So yeah, I think this is very, very timely um, episode. Do you research countries that you're going to as far as finding cultural differences? You know, I don't. Um, Yeah, that's something that I just I don't do. Um, It's probably something that I mean, I'm going to should on myself. It's probably something that I quote should do. Um, But I I just don't. And oftentimes, even for international trips, I mean, I pack the day of. Oh, my. Like like a few hours before. Hearing you say that gives me anxiety. (laughs) It gives Renata anxiety, too. She's like, oh, I mean, she's like, I just I I cannot even deal with you right now. Um, But that's what I do. And I work. I attempt to make my life as efficient as possible. And so I work up until the time it's packed and ready to go. And then I pack and then I'm like on vacation or I'm on my trip. Well, okay. Well, pageant <laughs> girls, don't, don't do that. Um, don't take that advice from Steven. But I will say a homework assignment that I can give you for those of you that do have an international pageant coming up 
is if you're doing your half an hour of interview prep a night, I want you to tack on an extra five minutes. Again, five minutes. That's like no time at all in the grand scheme of your day to research where you're going. And that can be everything from what like in the U.S. we have like each state has a state bird, a state flower, a state motto. It can be like that a kind of equivalent. So the first day you can search at like trivial things that are like significant to the country itself. The second, you can look up travel suggestions, et cetera, just to make yourself more educated and more aware of what you may encounter. Yeah. And I would suggest looking at tipping too, because I mean, great suggestion. Yeah. I mean, as Americans, we're used to tipping everyone over there. It's not expected. Sometimes it is expected. It's a different percentage. So those sorts of things help a lot. Yeah. And that's a great point because I, I was in Africa and I remember specifically being told people will want to, people will be waiting for you at baggage claim and they will try to take your bag and not steal it, but they want to carry it for you wherever you're going so that you can, that you have to tip them. They will expect that you have to tip them and they will get rowdy with you if you don't tip them enough. So do not allow anyone to take your bag. But I only knew that because I was traveling with someone who had been to, and the country was Kenya, been to Kenya before, and it's a way that they kind of cash grab some, from tourists. So, yeah. um, I mean, just those things, I mean, ask your entire circle of anyone you know that may have traveled to that place or that region before, those things are so valuable. So those are the intangibles that we should definitely stress to you to put that time and energy into researching. But today we're talking about like eight specific items that you are going to want in your suitcase. Okay, so kick us off with the first one. Which one is it? The first one is the Translator app, and it is an app that you can either speak into or type into, and it will automatically translate the text from one language to the other. So if it's in the visiting language, you can type it in and it will translate it to your language. Or if you are looking at a map or a sign and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know where it says blank. I don't know where it says restroom. So I'm going to type restroom into my app and it's going to tell me what it looks like, what it sounds like in this language so that I can find it easier. Um, Because, of course, there are some times where you won't be able to do the reverse. So this is an app. It can go right on your cell phone. International plans are getting better and better, and we will talk more about that um, later. But just the translator app is so valuable. Have you heard of the the one? I think it's called Little Little Translator. It's like L-I-L Translator where you speak into it. I haven't, but I know that there are similar apps out there that do that. I know that there's everything from like the free option that's a Google Translate that you're going to get like really literal translations, but then there are some that are more conversational because if you hold Google Translate up to a a native speaker and they're speaking really comfortably, Google Translate or some of the free apps might not translate it better. Are you saying that Little Translator does is better at doing that in real time? Yeah. So I stumbled upon it, I think it was a few years ago. Um, and I just did a quick Google search for it. So it's I-L-I. And it works offline and online. So you don't have to be connected Ooh, to Wi-Fi. Awesome. And you, it, it's only English to another language, though. You're not able to. So for some of our listeners, I know you're like quadlingual and all that. Um, but it will, you speak to it in English. And then it translates in real time into, um, so it says Chinese, but I don't know if it'd be Mandarin or Cantonese. Um, and then also Portuguese and Spanish. 
And I think that those are the three. So, but no Wi-Fi are needed. Um, so it supports three languages. Yeah. So uh, English, Spanish, Chinese, and Japanese are the three. So okay. th those are the three. So if you're going to one of those, it, it, those countries, this can be an option for you. And it's like 160 bucks, but it translates in their native tongue in like a voice that that person understands. Mm -hmm. Got it. So how does that person talk back to you through that? Does Are they able to, or is it just your... No, I think at that point they just kind of one way communication. Yeah, you, you're like, Got hey, it. where's the bathroom? And they're like, oh, yeah, like, go here or whatever. But they're so surprised. Like the, the videos are, are pretty impressive, but um, that certainly can have a benefit there. But like what you're saying, I mean, that's very valuable too because if you're just on a train or something and you're like, okay, what does this word look like for bathroom or street or coffee or whatever? Um, mm -hmm. I can see that that would be very valuable. Yeah, and, and an app may exist for the country you're going to visit. So the one Stephen just mentioned is specifically those three languages, but that probably exists for others. I think the biggest draw to that app, Stephen, is probably the fact that you can use it offline because, again, you may find yourself in a situation where you don't have internet access. So regardless, shop around for a translator app, but just having something on your phone will make your life so much easier or just something at your fingertips. Yeah, and I know that... Um... You know, with that app, actually, we might be getting into that a little. Um, well, no, no, we're not. So like, you can also just grab a friend that's bilingual who's another contestant there. Because a lot of times if you're doing an international pageant, um, they'll have a Facebook group or whatever. And you know the person who's native to there. So if they speak English and you speak English and then they're native from that place, you know that they also speak the language. But that person could be in very high demand during that week. Yes. So you don't want to you don't want to have that be your only your only way out. And and all I already mentioned like price range wise, there are free options and it goes like all the way up to I've seen some really good ones at 20. So you probably don't need to spend more than 20 on an app like this. Um well, you just mentioned the one that you have, but unless you're going to one of those three countries, but there are some others that are really solid for about 20 bucks. Um like we talked about, more literal than others. I find the more extensive ones are more able to contextualize what they're hearing or reading versus the direct translation, which can often be a little clunkier. So they're not translating the, um, gosh, I'm dating myself with grammar knowledge here, um, with the tense, with past tense, present tense, et cetera, or the verb conjugation. That's the word I was looking for, conjugation, good word. Um, so some of them are better at that than others. So just keep that in mind when you are reading it. Um, and try to kind of think like a computer would. That's great. I think. Yes. All right. And I will say that's a shout out because Tessie Crosby sent that to us through Instagram. So Tessie, thank you for that tip. So good. Well, uh, so fun fact about, um, so Renata's parents, uh, um, Renata's my wife, for those of you that don't know, um, she, her parents are straight off the boat from Brazil. Mm -hmm. And her mom, when she first came here, couldn't speak a lick of English, so she had an English or a Portuguese to English dictionary, and she would go and then just point to the dictionary of like where she needed to stop or whatever, and then to the bus driver, and then that's how she got around. And then when she mm -hmm. was came here, she first started cleaning homes, and she would point to the person like, "Hey, where's your broom? Or where's your vacuum? Or where?" Like she would find the word. So I mean, gosh, these these tools have come a long way. Oh, for sure. But it just shows you, though, too, that as long as you have a tool, you can make it work. So whether it's the dictionary, the paper dictionary that she had or your translator app, having something is better than nothing a million times over. 
Okay, can I share a really funny story about this? Yes, Okay. <laughs> so it's one of my favorite stories of um, Renata's mom. Her name's Iliani. She's so, so sweet. Um, but when they came over, they shopped um, at a Goodwill, you know, or Salvation Army, whatever, just to get some clothes. So she found this one shirt, red shirt, um, and it had some writing on it, whatever. She just loved it. It was super soft, and like she wore it all, all the time. Oh, and so no. she was going to go clean a um, client's home. This is like several months after like that she had it. And uh, she was in an elevator with a gentleman and he just looked at her, kind of smiled, kind of chuckled and then stepped off the elevator. You know, she doesn't speak a lick of English or anything like that. Um, so she went to her um, employer when she got off the elevator and going to her house. She was like, what does my what does my shirt say? And the employer laughed. She was like, her shirt read, I fart in elevators. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> when she was been wearing around for months. I mean, just all over. But and that was, she was like, but it was so comfortable. And she had like a photo in the shirt and all that. Oh, but, my God. <laughs> can, we, like, can we put the photo in the podcast? Notes? Oh, gosh. I don't. Gosh. I, so it's completely at her house and, and buried but it, it, she pulled it out and um i don't know by the time this thing goes live i don't think i won't have time to go down there and get it or whatever because oh. she lives about an hour away but so um good. so funny though i mean I, and it'd be the equivalent of us going or me going to china and buying something that had asian writing on it i don't know i'm like i just like the fit of the shirt um and then it happens to say something like that but yeah. It's a good thing she didn't get a tattoo of it because she loved the shirt so much. <laughs> yeah, very bad. Oh, my gosh. That is a funny story. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. What's what's tip number two? <laughs> we, okay, we covered the translate por- translation portion. So tip number two is an absolute must buy. And we're going to talk about power adapters. And a power adapter is a plug to use with your own appliances. And this helps because many countries and regions have their own distinct power supply plugs that look different from others. So like in the US, we have the two prongs, either male or female. Like So you, some of yours have three, some have two, but in other countries, they may have only one. So you're not gonna be able to take your hairdryer and expect to be able to plug it in wherever you happen to be traveling, like you'll be sorely mistaken and you will have wet hair all the time. So anything with a cord or a plug, you will need a hair or a charger. Like so any of your hair tools, your light up mirror, we're gonna talk about those, um, your phone chargers, oh my gosh, imagine not being able to charge your phone, it'd be a nightmare. So you need a power adapter. Yeah, and I mean, geez, last year, well no, actually this year, so we're in, Renata and I, we went to Australia, South Africa, London, Scotland, um, and we. So, and I, I know we have followers from each one of those those places, and it was interesting, and, and listeners too. But it was interesting. So we found one of these converters on Amazon, but it's like a multifaceted converters. Have you seen those? Um, yes, I think we're going to reference it. Also. Okay. Okay. But you talk more about it. All right. You used it. Well, so it. I mean typical guy right i don't read instructions i don't need those things just a waste of forest um <laughs> but then it, you need to read instructions because <laughs> i'm like the plug won't go in you know um but it has these little slips on the side and based on the country you're in you kind of like uk um, south africa um 
you, you kind of move them up and down and it opens up different prong areas. Mm. So it, it's, it's, they are very beneficial and you can get a few of them, you know, for the price of one or a little bit more expensive. So if you know that you're going to pull, you know, something like what we did, um, this year where you're going multiple countries, look into that and it tells you like, okay, this, this plug is good for, um, like these countries. Um, I know like Africa was a bit challenging cause they're kind of hybrid between like South Africa and some of the UK, um, area from the hotel and stuff that we were staying in. So it was, it was kind of, it was interesting. So it was, this thing was very valuable and a little hack. If you only do have one American plug, translator um and you have a laptop one of the things that i did was i plugged my laptop in and then renata and i used the side usb ports to both do our phones yes super smart yeah but um something like that that has multiple things to plug in your phones because especially if you're rooming with someone or you have an apple watch you need a few of those to, to really get by yes absolutely and so you're saying the one that you bought literally worked for every of the, every single one of those countries you mentioned well this one only went uk south africa um and then it, it worked in scotland too but it did not work for australia so i had to get another one for australia um, Got it. you know because australia was on a different one uh you know feel free to comment those of you that listen to us from australia or south africa or whatever feel free to course correct and we'll cor- we'll correct if we need to on the the following podcast but um yeah, it, it it was the one that I got was for UK, Scotland, and South Africa, and then I had to buy a separate one for Australia. Got it. So I did find one on Amazon that swears it will be the only one you'll ever need for anywhere you plan to visit, and it was about eighteen dollars. So if if that's the case, do some research and make sure the country you are going to is on the list. And since Stephen called out specifically Australia, um, I know a lot of international pageants actually happen there, and in Eurasia area. So make sure the country you're going to is listed um, when you purchase one of these. So, so important, but also maybe see if there's one that has the most coverage as possible, like the most varieties, because that way you're get the be- you'll get the best bang for your buck. Yeah, completely. Cool. And you're right. You will often need more than one of these, I will say, because like, yes, great point plugging in your computer and then using the USBs for your phone, your Apple Watch, et cetera. But you cannot plug in your curling iron through your computer most of the time. Yep. So you will need more than one. That way you can charge your computer, which charges then your phone, your watch, and then also be able to print at the same time. So probably two is a sweet spot um, about how many of these you need. Well, yeah, because it's like I have my shaver, um, my electric t- toothbrush, and then Renata has um, a special curling iron or hair straightener that she likes to use, one of those. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're – both basically fighting over the same plug. So having multiple was, you know, saved our marriage that weekend. (laughs) Well, and it will save your sanity with a roommate at pageant land, because for the most part, if you're traveling internationally, you will likely be placed with a roommate. So you like, it's very sharing is caring, but it's better to be the one that has something that someone else wants than to be needing the help from someone else. Yeah. And if you are in a pinch, you can call downstairs and depending on the hotel or how early you get there before the masses, they can have some extra plugs there. Just don't bank on it. Oh, for sure. You always want to be as prepared as possible to not have to rely on anyone else because it will just make, again, your stress level so much lower. Okay. So that's the first two. What's your third tip? 
The third tip is a makeup mirror. And this is a makeup mirror that you can take anywhere. It provides ideal light for makeup application, no matter how the exterior or interior lighting might be. Okay. So kind of break this down. Why is it important to have a, I mean, this is just me as a guy talking, but like a makeup mirror versus if you're in a pinch doing like a video and having your phone right there. Okay. So a couple things. First of all, I know my, my bathroom mirror is like the brightest light in the world. So I know if I look good in that light, I look really good in real light. <laughs> so if I'm traveling and in, even in most U.S. hotels, I don't find the lighting to be ideal for makeup application. It's not always dim. It's not always coming from the right angles. So I worry about one, am I blended properly because I can't always see all the details in, in hotel lighting or do I have too much contour? Have I not blended my contour enough? Have I highlighted enough? Have I highlighted too much? It's just very difficult to make sure that my makeup is balanced. So that's why it's so important to be able to have something that no matter where you are in the world, what lighting you have, you have something that you can count on. Because if you're traveling for a pageant, it's kind of important that your makeup looks good. So having something like this, it can either be, I mean, I've seen it where it's USB powered, it's battery powered, and I've had a lot of really bad ones over the years too. So I do think it's something that's worth investing in. But a lot of these makeup mirrors, they're mirrors that have lights all the way around them, which is able to then showcase the the best lighting possible all the way from your neck to your forehead, all the way to the sides. That way you're not you're able to like see, okay, I haven't blended enough down my neck or at my, um, my jawline and you do that more. So it just makes sure that you look picture perfect at all times. Yeah. And a point that you made about, you know, putting on your makeup in front of the mirror and all that, and only having, having a roommate. So you're having to share a bathroom Mm -hmm. whenever it's possible. Um, or whenever you know you're going to share something, you as the contestant is going to put you in a better frame of mind. Just assume and, and take the lesser of the two options, like yep. volunteer for it rather than kind of holding out and, you know, fingers crossed, like wishing that you get the bathroom, um, you know, just offer to do your makeup on the desk, like, yep. or, you know, outside, because one, it sets the other person's mind at ease and out the bat, like off the bat, you're just the more mature person. And yep. like, that's a role of leadership. Leadership is like servanthood. So when you just say, I'm going to take this, don't worry about it. It just immediately puts that relationship at ease. So internally, there's not that struggle of who gets the bathroom, who gets the better side of the bed, who gets, you know, first cup of coffee, whatever. Right. And I will say even, even pageants sometimes are held in like auditoriums that aren't equipped with full theater style like backstage areas and dressing rooms. So you might be getting ready in like a classroom, which you know has horrible lighting. Mm -hmm. So just being able to have something that's packable that you could keep in your hotel room, you could bring it to the pageant itself. You can bring it while you're traveling, like in the car and you just need a quick touch up as long as it's only battery powered, you don't need to plug for it. Um, It's just one of those things that's going to pay for itself a million times over and you never will have to be worried about your face looking its best. Yeah. Did you say how much one costs and even how to pack it to make sure that it doesn't shatter on you? I didn't yet. I've So I did some research before the podcast and I did see some that looked sturdy enough and that looked like it had a quality light around it for as low as 15. But I already mentioned that I have had a lineup of these that have either been super clunky, the lights haven't been 
adequate. I do think it's great to invest in one. Um, I have one on my Christmas list I saw that like is perfect. It has like a cell phone mount too if I did want to do some videos um, for the Pageant Planet or otherwise. Um, and they can go all up to like 150 and beyond. I don't think you need to spend that much on one that will do this job. I would say probably like 30 bucks, check the reviews, make sure that it's tried and true, ask for recommendations from other pageant girls. That's a great one. And when I pack it, I pack it within my clothing. So that way it has like a shock factor above and below. And again, these are made for travel for the most part. So they are a little more durable than a skater mirror would be, but that's the kind of cushion on top and bottom goes a long way. It's mm, great. Okay. So what's the fourth item? The fourth item is a little bit controversial, but we'll talk about why, and those are your health items. So for me, my short list of health items is melatonin, electrolytes, and activated charcoal. So I'll talk a little bit about each of those, and Stephen, you can feel free to chime in too, is the first is melatonin, and I use melatonin for sleep um, because like, it's a natural relaxant. So I'll take it before bed, which will help me avoid jet lag. So if I need to go to bed and I am wired from a busy day of and adrenaline and just going, 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 but I need to get on a better sleep pattern, I'll take melatonin to start mellowing me out. Um, for electrolytes, there's so much travel um, and there's so much on the go that you probably are dehydrated. So electrolytes can be put into any still water that you have and you can drink it from there and it will just refresh your system. As Stephen, I know you're an expert on rehydrating. So I'll let you take the stage in a moment. And then activated charcoal is a big one that I bring when I travel abroad because it kind of settles your upset stomach because you're adapting. I mean, it's not that water and food in any other country is bad. It's just you are not used to their systems of preparation or filtration. So like you can get a little bit gurgly and it's uncomfortable. So that activated charcoal will soak up all of those toxins and we'll make sure that your system can use to run successfully. So those are my three. Before you take any of those, talk with your doctor, make sure that there's no issues or concerns that they have. And you might have some other three. Steven, do you have any others that you would add to this list? You know, so just depending on um, how your body reacts, like for melatonin, for me, I do take it when I want a, a nice night's sleep. And I feel like because my body isn't used to it, I wake up feeling a bit groggy. Um, even off the one little, because I take it so little and traditionally I sleep good anyways. Um, so that's a bit of a side effect for me. It's like, I'm almost in such a deep sleep <laughs> when I wake up finally, I'm like, Oh, all I want to do is kind of go back to bed. Um, but I highly though recommend that you at least try it because it really is. It's awesome. The electrolytes thing is clutch too. Um, I always, bring my my water with me and yeah this is something to research before like if it's uh if you're allowed to drink the water you know like so that's one of the things i normally look look at like okay can i drink it out of the faucet or am i going to get my hand slapped or you know am i going to have some sort of poor thing happen to my body like for example iceland yeah they have the purest water um in the world so they encourage you yeah drink it right out of the faucet um and I'll also say that the head, um, like Advil, taking something like that is clutch because when you're running on lack of sleep and just the air inside of the airplane, like when we went to Australia, it was, I mean, I think we were traveling for 24 hours. We were in the plane for one stretch, 14 hours. Um, yeah, so it, you're just breathing all that kind of artificial air 
and you just don't feel 100% right. Mm-hmm. So um, having having some Advil there, I usually take the both uh, because what Renata and I do is we time and it really helps with jet, la- jet lag. So if you, whatever time zone you're landing in, that's what you want to prepare for. So mm-hmm. if you're landing in a time zone where it, it's morning, you want to plan your sleep to where you wake up there, have breakfast there, and then stay up, force yourself to stay up all day, and then go to bed at a normal hour during the night, and then you wake up, and it's it's fine. You're a little off the first day, but yep. um, not terribly. Or if you're landing at night, then force yourself to stay up, not to sleep on the plane, and then at night, go like you get there, go to bed at a normal hour, and then wake up at a normal hour, and then just force yourself to carry on. So... Um, for that, I do like Tylenol PM because that like knocks me out, um, and it helps with some of the headaches that I accrue. And um, another fun little thing I do is I take a toothbrush with me on the plane. So if I'm like gearing for for night and I have to wake up, like in the case of Australia, we took a red eye, so we woke up. I took my toothbrush and everything on the plane, brush my teeth, wash my face, do my my nightly routine, did a Tylenol PM, and went to sleep and slept for like six hours on the plane. And then woke up and I had the rest of the day to me. So that works really effective for me. Yeah. And I love that because I also will pack like my cold medicine, my sinus medication and pain reliever. And like, I find that in another country, you don't know what healthcare and medication will be available to you. So it is helpful to have items that you already know you've used them before, you know how your body reacts to them. So I have those specialty items and then I have those more, um, more routine items that I take on a regular basis. And Steven, you're right. You shouldn't bring something and use it for the first time on your trip because you, again, you never know how your body will react. Again, melatonin is amazing for me. It doesn't work for Steven, but it's something that I'm more used to. So I know I need it, but if I've never used it before, you're not going to want to try it day one of your pageant. So just keep in mind, talk to your doctor, try things beforehand and then figure out what works for you. But when you find what works for you, that's what you're going to want to bring because you have no idea what will be available for you to purchase once you're there. Yep. Okay, great. All right. Anything else you want to add on that before we move on? Um, The only thing I'll say is like it ranges from probably five bucks to 20 bucks based on your medication. And if you are using supplements like electrolytes, melatonin, et cetera, Check the labels and see which items have the least amount of filler. A lot of brands will pump their um, natural supplements with fillers so that they have to use less, but they can, that can do things like make you break out, um, lower the potency of these, et cetera. So read labels, check reviews, and act accordingly. Yeah. And um, like when you're in the country, like obviously just buy bottled water if you're going around. Um that helps, except if you're in Iceland, just take a bottle and fill it up using the faucets. Like when we were, um, I went there at my bachelor party, as you know, and um, when we were there, the 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 locals, we just started talking with the locals and stuff, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this bottled water thing. The only reason why we started carrying it is because you know Americans coming over here." <laughs> thinking really? that they can't drink our water it's like we've ne- they laugh because they're like the water that comes out of our faucet is cleaner than what's in your bottles oh wow yeah so um yeah when you're in iceland don't worry about it everywhere else maybe buy a bottle of water that's a bucket list place for me for sure oh it's yeah beautiful okay so what's that okay four what's the fifth one 
The fifth one is a flash drive of all of the documents that you need for your pageant. And a flash drive, you probably heard of it, um, or otherwise known as a thumb drive, because that's about the size of it. It's like a mini electronic storage device. It's portable, can be used as long as the computer has a USB drive. And I think almost universally across the world, computers have USB drives. Is that what you found in your travel, Stephen? Yeah, absolutely. The only thing it doesn't is like an iPad. And you you need this because you may not have access to a printer. And if for some reason your documents are coming up encrypted or there's a problem with it on your director's end, you want to have this on hand just in case they're missing something or they can't find it. So put on your... Um, Put on the flash drive your headshot files, your resume, if you have a platform statement or application or an MC card, you want all of those on there. You probably will need residency forms or other um, legal contracts for the pageant. Anything you may have already had to submit to the head pageant office, you want it on this flash drive. That way it is always an arm's reach away. Keep it in your bag. Um, for every rehearsal, anywhere you go, just in case. And also, you may also want to consider keeping scanned copies of your passport and any important travel documents or for, for identification if, God forbid, something happens. Yeah, and I think there's actually a service for that. I stumbled upon it or was listening to uh, another podcast. Uh, I listened to a lot of business podcasts, and it maybe it was an advertisement. But I think there is something for your passport now where you can almost have a, a backup with this particular company that's secured. Um, don't remember the name of it or anything like that, but it sometimes it's helpful just to know that that stuff is out there. Oh, that's genius. I, I remember being on a trip and my friend lost her ID. <sighs> and we were like, it was a weekend. It was her bachelor party. So yeah. that happened. That <laughs> so, um, uh -huh. But we did find it. So it was a happy ending. But we were like, oh, my gosh, how is she going to get home? Right. If there's no way we're in a different state, we have no way to get access to reprint. So it was just a nightmare. So that that's a great business idea. Kudos to whoever thought of that. Gosh, so many out there. All right. So that's uh, flash drive is clutch and things like that just help give you peace of mind. Like, oh, OK, got this. Just you should do that for any pageant, whether it's international or not. Yeah, agreed. OK, so that's the five. What's the sixth one? OK, keeping on the electronics theme, a number six is a power bank and hotspot. And they are not mutually exclusive, but they are for the case of this point. Mm. Um, so these items allow you to be fully charged and totally connected throughout your entire trip. So a power bank, what it does, it charges your phone without needing a plug. So you usually will charge it in advance. And then you can just pop it onto your um, your charger plug and it will go ahead and reboot it without any kind of external power source. And then your hotspot is like a personal router that can connect you to the internet anywhere you are, um, which again, cell phone plans are getting better for international. So you may not need this, but just something to keep in mind. Yeah. I mean, if you have Verizon, it's horrible. I mean, just it's hor It's $15 a day per phone. <laughs> so for Renata and I, it was $30 a day per phone. And wow. then if you do the math and how much over, I mean, it's like our cell phone bill was crazy. Um, if you have Sprint, it's like $15 extra a month, but you don't really get service anywhere. You can get phone calls. <laughs> right. So it's just like, uh, you know, um, don't underestimate the amount that you use your phone when you're overseas. Uh, 
because or you know if you're overseas and you come to america you use your phone for everything and way more because it's just unfamiliar territory to you like you don't know where you're going you don't have any point of reference or um, things like restaurants or whatever you just you spend more time researching and oftentimes you're in areas where like when we were in a car we were traveling all up through scotland or whatever and you know it, it wasn't um the phone was almost constantly in roaming or searching, et cetera. So it was more drain or it seemed like it was more of a drain on the battery life. Right. And if you don't have that backup or you're not with other people, you know, it's not like when you're going through the, um, you know, the mountains of Scotland, it's not like you're just going to pull over and say, Hey, where's this thing? You know, so my phone um, died a lot when I was over there. And uh, thankfully I had Renata and our other friends as backup, but, yeah, don't underestimate that. Oh, absolutely. And again, hotspots are great for the plane. It's for anyone that must be constantly connected. And to your point too, Stephen, it's an easy way for you to get a map on your phone or navigation on your phone that immediately translates it to your language. So we already talked about the stress of needing the translator app, which again, it's helpful because you'll always be able to access it online or offline if you have your own personal router. Um, so that's helpful. But then at the same time, with this kind of cell phone planner or connectivity, it's already translating it in real time while you're getting where you need to go. So it just peace of mind is everything when you're traveling internationally, truly everything. As long as you feel comfortable, you'll be successful. And the minute you get out of that area where you've prepared enough to be comfortable is when freakouts happen and stress sets in. So yeah. the better prepared you can be. Yeah, and you can find these things for like you know the mobile thing for about twenty bucks, whatnot. Um, I I will say though that like in um, kind of closing out or wrapping out the section, I'll pass it back to you before we do. Don't spend so much time on your phone though when you're in a new place that you miss out on the experience. Of course, take photos, you know, for memory's sake. Just save the posting of them on social media until like you get back to your hotel room, like. When I was looking around and um, at my friends and you know, no judgment against them or whatever, but it was like the nose was buried in their phones like whenever mm-hmm. we had time and it got to the point where we started to laugh about it and then we started to hold each other accountable. It's like, you're in Scotland, get off Facebook. You know, you're in you know, you're South Africa and there's lions and tigers and bears, my, my, you know, and then, and then you're checking Instagram. So it's like, you know, be present where you are and soak all that in because you're not going to be there forever. And Facebook and Instagram will always be there and you can always scroll back and it's not, the world's not going to end in case you didn't miss somebody's post last minute. Yeah, so that was the exact last point I was going to make too, is check out your pageant schedule for every single day. And I want you to identify what I would call a posting window. And that way you always know at what time you will be logging on and you can post on social media. And again, that is strictly so that you soak up the experience, that you don't miss out on the truly the world around you. Because if you're traveling internationally, you're probably not going to be there all the time or maybe in recent time. So keep those posting windows, keep a like identify them before the day starts. That way you don't fall into the trap of, oh my gosh, I have to post this. You know, okay, I will post this later. So it allows you to be more present in the moment. So I love that you said that. That's the point that I had to make as well. Great. All right. Point number seven. Point number seven. This is a multi-bag stacker. And what it's hard to explain, but the way it works is it like hooks onto your luggage handles. Like think about it like a 
I'm not going to call it a snake because snakes are gross, um, but like a centipede. So it like grabs onto every, every little thing. So instead of like, if you have two roller bags, so I have a gigantic roller bag and then my carry on is a roller bag as well. So if I have both of those and I'm rolling both of those through the airport, I have no hands left. I'm done with my hands. I can't do anything. If I want to open a door, I have to put something down, open it, put my foot in front of it, try to like keep it open and use my elbow to open the door. It's a sight to be seen. It's a sight to behold. It, I look like a dang mess. <laughs> but th- what's that? No, I was just laughing because I had that visual there. Because, yeah, you're rolling. I mean, a lot of times I have my bag or Renata's bag and I'm going through yep. and then the phone rings. I'm just like, yep. I mean, I you're either doing, stop yeah, like, yeah, yep, or, or exactly. I just walk and let it ring, right? Um, so, yeah, it, it can be it can be a hot mess. For sure. So the way this works, now that you have that visual, imagine being able to connect your big bag with your roller bag. So that way that like when you're rolling it, the littler bag kind of sits on top of the big bag, which it might be heavier to pull, but it does give you an entire hand free, which is so important to be able to like, okay, get what you need to get. Open doors easier. It just makes the entire experience uh, a little more comfortable. And also like the picture that I've seen of this particular one that I saw on Amazon, it not only had a big roller, a small roller, it also was able to hold on to like a bag with handles, like a, a purse or a messenger bag or something else. So it's not just for rollers. It's for any type of luggage that you have that has a handle that it can attach onto. So you could probably stack up comfortably between like three to four bags if you really needed to and imagine how much more convenient that would be. Yeah, you see it a lot with um, airline professionals, pilots, stewardess, yeah. et cetera. Like they're zipping through the airport and they just look, Oh, they've got their nice little uniform on, their nice little luggage. It's like, okay, they're the pros. I mean, they, they do this. they together. Yeah, they do it day in and day out. So if you're looking for somebody to emulate in the airport, it needs to be those people. Um, and so next time, you'll, this, we're in busy holiday season travel now, so you'll be able to see it. So if you've never seen it before, be on the lookout. You'll see it, and you're like, oh, that's what Stephen and Jesse were talking about. Yes. Or, I mean, you're on a plane for, at the very least, probably 45 minutes, that's plenty of time for you to call over your your stewardess, your air, your flight attendant, whoever it may be, and say, do you have an item that does this? And do you recommend one? Because if they are the ones doing it day in and day out, they know things that are quality. They know where to get them. They might even say, you know, I like this type I used to use, but I don't use that anymore because of X, Y, and Z. And that's why I purchased this type because of here's how it helps. So they are the experts. They have great opinions. Then don't be afraid to ask. Oh, and that is... That's like my biggest travel hack of all time or new restaurant hack. I mean, so like if you're in Philippines, you're flying over to America, South Africa, you're flying over to America or South Africa, you're flying to Australia, Australia, UK, whatever. You got a new restaurant, new culture. Just ask the server, like, what's your favorite thing on the menu, right? They they work there. They, they yep. know what's good. They know feedback from other customers, whatever. And they're not going to steer you wrong because they have to stare you down while you eat it. Yes. Um, and I always get like, seriously some of the best food recommendations that some of the stuff I wouldn't have even tried or it's just not on my radar. Um, and I just, that's like a go-to that whenever I sit down at a new restaurant, I ask the server, what's your favorite thing on the menu? Uh, if they say like one or two items, I, I really take their con- thoughts into consideration. If they're like, everything's good. They give you one of those. It's like, eh, okay, oh. nope. Can I get a server, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So one or two, like you're safe to take their 
um, word for it. If they just say everything's good and they list off like 17 different things, just, you know, go on your own. Um, but that's really good. And whenever you get around a local and if you can't ask them what's fun to do in your city, like what do you suggest that I do, um, you can really find some gyms. So whether you're asking a stewardess um, about her, his or her multi-bag stacker or you're asking for fun experiences from a local, like seriously, talking to people and asking them questions is paramount. And item eight is not an open mind, but it should have been. Like I should have thought about that because – when you're traveling, it's not going to be easy all the time. It's not going to be instinctual all the time. And it's not going to be comfortable all the time. So when you are traveling, whether it's domestically, within your own country, or internationally, it's things like that that allow you to get the most out of your experience. So don't be afraid to, like, jump. If you've never taken a train in your country, but a train is the way to get around in this country, do some research, check it out, get comfortable with it enough that you're like, okay, I'm going to do the train. I'm going to try something new. An open mind is everything when you're traveling. So I'm bummed that I didn't add it to this list organically, but I'm adding it unofficially now. It's like number 7B. <laughs> 7B, got it. Um, yeah, and that's the thing about like traveling internationally or like – yeah, I'd say more traveling internationally than versus traveling throughout your states. It's it's trying those new experiences and public transportation is something I've not really grown up with being from a small city. So it is a bit intimidating for me. However, when I am able to figure it out and or I take the time to do it and I'm self-reliant, I'm not just like relying on my friends to tell me where to go, which normally what happens. I mean, I subcontract that out. It's just yeah. like, okay, just tell me where to go and where to get off and I just don't have to think about it. Um However, I do feel much more in control of my own destiny <laughs> when I actually do take the time to figure it out for myself. So very valuable. Agree. And, you know, New York, I'm going to toot New York's horn for a sec. New York has won Miss America four times in the last decade. And each of those women that have won, they might not be from New York, but they had spent significant time in New York City. And not that New York City is the make or break, but I mean, think about any, the biggest city near you, like Steven, you're near Boston. A lot of our listeners probably can think of one bigger city than what they live in. And just from spending time in a bigger city, you're forced to act independently. You're forced to act on the fly sometimes and to be able to adapt. And especially if you're able to do that without the influence of like your parent, like being able to act independently and make those choices give you such invaluable life experiences. So when you go into the interview room, one, you're more confident in that what you have to say and two, you have more qualifications. Like, yes, I have handled, I've been in crisis and here's how I've gotten out of it or I've traveled to a city I'm not familiar with and I had to on the fly learn how to adapt to the subway system. Just being able to be faced with those challenges and and be able to adapt in the moment is so valuable for life and not just pageants. So push yourself, give yourself that experience of being in an uncomfortable place and getting through it. So good. Okay. What's your eighth and final point or kind of ninth final point? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that seven, that was seven B. This is eight. Um, so eight is, um, it's a mini humidifier and a humidifier is an appliance that helps generate more moisture in the air. 
I use one every night. I'm obsessed with a humidifier because I'm naturally, um, my skin's naturally dry and I'm always dehydrated, um, which is not great, but it helps for several reasons for, from like a pageant perspective. The first, it keeps your vocal cords and throat lubricated for speaking. And if you have talent in your pageant for singing, uh, you don't want to walk into your interview room on day six of your travels and be super croaky because you're dehydrated, you're tired. That humidifier will just like reinvigorate your system from that perspective. The other is it keeps your skin radiant and supple versus crackled. I know like this past week I was traveling to National American Mass. I was in California and that hotel forced air and the plane forced air is so drying that my skin felt like itchy the whole time. I just, I couldn't apply enough lotion and moisturizer, but a humidifier would have created, and I didn't travel with one and I always do say big regrets. Um, it just keeps your skin more hydrated, more supple. There's more moisture in the air for it to absorb. Um, and especially if you're trying to prolong the length of a spray tan, the way a spray tan is prolonged is your skin isn't, all the dead skin cells are not consistently flaking off because if you don't, if that happens, Usually it's your tan that flakes off. It's the most upper le level of your epidermis that it just sits on. So if your skin is dry, it's going to come off easily um, in more patchy areas. So overall, hydration, humidifiers are a win-win. Mm, so good. And you did talk about hydration, or we both talked about it um, a few points back. And so this really goes nicely with that. Um, and the one, see, I've not used a, humidifier that much um if life changing I, <laughs> well -changing? I, no i was just saying I, if i use one it's because of renata but i don't notice that much of a difference within me however i know with her and her sinuses she struggles with some of the same similar issues that you have too so yes. it's a game changer for her um so <laughs> i will say that one of the points that i forgot to bring up on hydration uh before and is also good here um, I don't know how this works in other states or other countries. In America, though, there's a new craze that um, we offer at our medical spa, which is why I understand it more, but the IV hydration. So with an IV, you can get super hydrated, which you know shows through your skin and really helps you radiate and do all those really important benefits that you were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. about like making your skin look the best, like maintaining your spray tan, et cetera. So that can help too. If you happen to land and you're super dehydrated, you can make a, an appointment and it's 150, 200 bucks or whatever, but instantly like your skin starts to see that, um, that change because it's a hundred percent, um, absorbed in your body. Unlike drinking water, which a lot of it you excrete out. Yes. I, and anytime you can do something from the inside out, it is better for your system. Like if you, you can apply a moisturizer or um, a face cream with collagen in it every single day. And it's going to take, like, it's not going to happen overnight, but if you drink things like bone broth that naturally has collagen, anything that you can absorb from the inside out is always more beneficial for you. But in this case, you're traveling, you may not have that luxury of those dietary preferences that have those ingredients. So the humidifier I find, and I already mentioned, I am the worst at drinking water. I'm always dehydrated, which might be Stephen, why you don't see the benefits of a humidifier all the time because you are good at being hydrated. Yeah. But for someone like me, or if you are in the go and you're out of your water bottle and you can't find one right away, or you're just on the go in general and you're just not thinking about drinking water, it's one of those things that just like kind of picks up the slack when you're too busy to think about it or having a difficult time focusing on it. Perfect. Okay. So do you have a suggestion for one of these um, mini uh, humidifiers? Because I would feel like it would be a bit clunky to kind of travel yeah. with. 
For sure. So I have a gigantic one in my room that I would never travel with, but there's also a few that I've seen that are way smaller and they, this is like the best part about it. They are both, they can be either USB or battery powered, which means you won't need an additional power adapter for it because you will need to have it plugged in all night if it's a power adapter, because that's how you get the benefit. And I'm going to imagine that your phone is probably going to take precedence over that. So you won't need to do that if you can find one that's battery powered. And the one that I saw that like I have my eye on from my Christmas list is $25. It's this cute little, it looks like a UFO. You put it right next to your bed, like your bedside table. And it will just kind of like take care of all of that humidifying goodness. That's awesome. Okay, perfect. Now, um, anything else that you want to add before we wrap up this episode? Well, all in all, I think that let's summarize this for our listeners real quick. It's space saving and energy efficient are the key. So if you have to spend an extra five bucks on something that is battery powered or will take less time, like maybe it's fast, maybe it's advertised as fast charging or something like that, it's worth it because of all of those challenges with power we just talked about. The other thing I would think about is here's your hierarchy of important things. These are the three most important categories. And I would say they're in this order. Consider packing emergency items first. So pain relievers, anything that you absolutely need for survival. So if you have specific medications for allergies that can save your life, those are first because you do not know if you can get them elsewhere. So emergency items first, then health-related items. So those painkillers, sinus pills, et cetera, maybe even like your shampoos and your conditioners because, again, you don't know what you'll be able to get. And then the last is vanity. So things like your mirror, your makeup, et cetera. And all of those are for like the simple reason that like in an unfamiliar place, there might be unfamiliar brands. If it ain't broke, don't fi- fix it. You want to mitigate your outside stress. So these are the things you can control. So emergency items, health items, and then vanity. Um, and then like from breaking your routine, like you will be stressed out. So keep things as consistent as possible, but think about space and energy saving at the same time. Yeah, and we are very thankful for this Thanksgiving for all of those who've taken the time to rate us five stars. Jesse, I looked and we had 25 five stars that was um, included. And in all that's great, we've got about 16, 1700 listeners a week. (laughs) So, you know, please consider giving us a five-star review if you have found this episode or others like it beneficial. And of course, share us with a friend. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.